New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey friends, Ben Curtis from our Buchanan location here with you today, and I'm going to be reading from Exodus chapter 36, verses 8 through 38. I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. All the skilled artisans among those doing the work made the tabernacle with ten curtains. Bezalel made them of finely spun linen as well as blue, purple, and scarlet yarn with a design of cherubim worked into them. Each curtain was 42 feet long and 6 feet wide. All the curtains had the same measurements. He joined five of the curtains to each other and the other five curtains he joined to each other. He made loops of blue yarn on the edge of the last curtain in the first set and did the same on the edge of the outermost curtain in the second set. He made 50 loops on the one curtain and 50 loops on the edge of the curtain in the second set so that the loops lined up with each other. He also made 50 gold clasps joined the curtains to each other so that the tabernacle became a single unit. He made curtains of goat hair for a tent over the tabernacle. He made 11 of them. Each curtain was 45 feet long and 6 feet wide. All 11 curtains had the same measurements. He joined 5 of the curtains together and the other 6 together. He made 50 loops on the edge of the outermost curtain in the first set and 50 loops on the edge of the corresponding curtain in the second set. He made 50 bronze clasps to join the tent together as a single unit. He also made a covering for the tent from ramskins dyed red and a covering of fine leather on top of it. He made upright supports of acacia wood for the tabernacle. Each support was 15 feet long and 27 inches wide. Each support had two tenons for joining one to another. He did the same for all the supports of the tabernacle. He made supports for the tabernacle as follows. He made 20 for the south side and he made 40 silver bases to put under the 20 supports. Two bases under the first support for its two tenons and two bases under each of the following supports for their two tenons. For the second side of the tabernacle, the north side, he made 20 supports with their 40 silver bases, two bases under the first support, and two bases under each of the following ones. And for the back of the tabernacle, on the west side, he made six supports. He also made two additional supports for the two back corners of the tabernacle. They were paired at the bottom and joined together at the top in a single ring. This is what he did with both of them for the two corners. So there were eight supports with their 16 silver bases, two bases under each one. He made five crossbars of acacia wood for the supports on one side of the tabernacle, five crossbars for the supports on the other side of the tabernacle, and five crossbars for those at the back of the tabernacle on the west. He made the central crossbar run through the middle of the supports from one end to the other. He overlaid them with gold and made their rings out of gold as holders for the crossbars. He also overlaid the crossbars with gold. 
Then he made the curtain with blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and finely spun linen. He made it with a design of cherubim worked into it. He made four pillars of acacia wood for it, and overlaid them with gold. Their hooks were of gold, and he cast four silver bases for the pillars. He made a screen embroidered with blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and finely spun linen for the entrance to the tent, together with its five pillars and their hooks. He overlaid the tops of the pillars and their bands with gold, but their five bases were bronze. So I want to just begin today by asking a question, what are you doing? That's a good question, right? I once heard a story told of a group of quarry workers and they were asked by someone just kind of passing by, what are you doing? And one laborer responded that he was just working himself to the bone. A second one said, I'm chopping away at this large piece of granite. But a third man with a gleam in his eye, he said, I'm building a cathedral. You know, perspective has a lot to do with how and why we do what we do. And if you had asked Bezalel and, and those that he was leading what they were doing, uh, you would have received a variety of answers. Some may have replied they were giving an offering or that they were spinning thread to make linen cloth or, or they were working hard to make large curtains out of various materials. Others might have said that they were building uh, tent pegs and wood frames for this building and others would have told you that they were melting silver and gold for these frames. All of these answers would have been correct, but, but they all fall short of the true nature of their work. They were actually participating in the greatest building program ever. They were building a sanctuary for God so that God could dwell among his people. And, you know, most of the details that we've just read, we've already kind of covered them. We've, they've already been mentioned in earlier chapters, so I'm not going to focus so much on the details uh, but I do want to ask the question, why the repetition? I mean, why are we reading the exact same thing that we read, I think, back in chapter 26? Well, there's a, there's a simple explanation. Up until this point, if you think about it, only one person knew the building plans other than God. And who was that person? Right, Moses. And so as the, as the prophetic leader of the nation, the Lord had revealed the blueprints to Moses. And now Moses in this chapter is beginning to reveal them to the people and he'll do this pretty much from here until the end of the chapter or to the end of the book rather so you know when you think about it isn't that the way vision works uh, there's a book uh, by Dave Craft I love I've read several times called leaders who last and in that book uh, Dave defines vision as he says vision is usually birthed in isolation but vision is most effectively communicated and implemented in community. Let me read that again. Vision is usually birthed in isolation, but it is most effectively communicated and implemented in community. The story of the tabernacle is a great example of this. Moses, the one who received this vision from God, communicated it, and, and you know, that's the calling of God's leaders. Warren Bennis says that leadership is the capacity to translate vision into reality. So for the community of faith to do what it should be doing, it requires leadership who can translate that vision into reality. And, and the first step toward this, once we know the vision, is to communicate that vision. But communicating the vision is not enough. It also has to be implemented. And this is where Bezalel comes into the picture. Uh, because Bezalel's role is that he's actually helping to translate this vision that was given 
from God to Moses to the people of Israel, Bezalel has helped translating that vision into reality. And in the case of the tabernacle, you know, we read about there were some individuals with particular gifting and they were instructed uh, entrusted rather with the with the construction of the building it's interesting that um, verse 8 uh, this is something kind of to know verse 8 speaks in the plural it talks about all of the skilled artisans but for the remainder of the chapter we read the singular pronoun it shifts over to he and we see that pronoun he somewhere around 25 to 30 times and I think there's a lesson there for us uh, according to chapter 31 verse 2 and then we read again in chapter 35 uh, verses 30 through 31 Bezalel was entrusted with the overall responsibility for the construction of the tabernacle and Oheliab was given to Bezalel as an assistant but in Exodus 35 uh, 25 through 29 we find out that that many Israelites were gifted and, and they all used their gifts for the uh, artistic work that went into the tabernacle's construction. And so here's my conclusion. Though all did the work, there was one man who was ultimately responsible, at least from an artistic standpoint, and that was Bezalel. And so he was the one who was put in charge of quality control, so to speak. And ultimately... The final human responsibility rested on Moses because he was the one who would receive the vision and he would be the one who would sign off on the finished product. And you think about the church. In the church, we have leaders who set the vision and then who communicate the vision. And then we have other leaders who help implement the vision. And so if Pastor Brady is our Moses, Greg Freeman is our Bezalel. Now, our church uh, structure, I mean, obviously it's a bit more complicated than that, so I'm oversimplifying, but, but the point I'm making is this. God has equipped some people to be frontline leaders who communicate the vision and, and who help make sure that our church is aligning with that vision. Now, there's also a flip side to this because even though the singular he replaces the plural all in this chapter, we need to remember the contributions of the all are in no way minimized by that. In fact, apart from each person doing his or her part, there would be no mention of the he. Uh, so we all have something to do if what we're doing is what God wants us to be doing, and that is building his dwelling place. This is so important for us to understand that every believer, we need to recognize and we need to respond to this reality that we have been given gifts from Jesus to contribute to the building up of the dwelling place of God, the church. And there are plenty of scriptures that talk about this, but let me just read Ephesians 2, uh, verses 19 through 22. It says there, So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. Listen to this. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the cornerstone, in him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, Jesus, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. So we each have gifts that God wants us to use to build up this spiritual temple called the church. And a function of leadership 
is that God gives to the church certain people to help us to see that truth and then other people to help implement that truth and help us to respond to it. You know, my prayer, I pray as we come to the end here that God would just continue to increase our hunger for his presence and that we'll experience his presence more and more as we use the gifts that he has given to build up the body and to serve one another as well as our community. You know, as someone has said, we approach every single situation in life with either a robe or a towel. And Jesus expects us to come with a towel. We're servants. So let me return to the question that I asked at the beginning. What are you doing? How are you approaching each day? As one who is wearily pounding away on a piece of granite? Or as one who is building the temple of the living God? Well, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Pastor Todd is going to be picking up in Exodus chapter 37. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.